have Stephen lead the ohm again. Stephen's a very interesting case. I've known him for a long time. Um, but he was just like Joe, regular nice guy. You know? And then his mother's coming, and his sister's coming, and then little bit by little bit, he starts to check it out, check it out, you know? And he went from just Joe, regular nice guy, to very, very, very good guy, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? You know? You don't always jump into this quickly. Sometimes you sort of ease into it. So, you know, he has that sort of part scientific mind where he, he he watched his mom, he watched his sister, he asked some mental questions, and he slowly eased in. <laughs> but I think that's really intelligent. I, I, I respect that. You know, to, to jump into these sciences too quickly can be a folly because you're jumping in with a lot of fantasy, you know. But he came in very slowly, watching, watching, a question here, very quiet most of the time. And now he's like really mainstream. And, and because of that, um, you know, all the saints are interested in him. <laughs> you know, he's got, he's generated tremendous good karma. And he sort of lit up. And uh, all the cosmos are, are watching now. <laughs> You know, it's good. It's really, it's really smart. You know, uh, slow and steady. You know, don't think, oh, that fellow is wearing robes. Oh, there's a lot of people around. Such and such a fellow, they must be so. They must be good. Why? Why should you think like that? Not at all. Test everything. Test everything. You know. In this path of yoga, keep your common sense from day one to your last day. <laughs> keep your common sense. <laughs> you know, don't don't chase after don't chase after fantasy. Primarily, what I want you to do is to uh, run ten thousand experiments. You know, I'll teach you all these different experiments. Your job is to be very earnest in those experiments and then see for yourself. You know, you should see for yourself. So that, you know, when, you, when you're speaking, you're speaking from direct self-knowledge. And if you're not speaking from direct self-knowledge, you should be speaking from a qualified source. So a qualified source or the, or the great scriptures from whatever culture you're from. I don't care if you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Jew, Muslim. Find the qualified sources and, and uh, pay attention. And, uh, and then sort of create undisputed saints. So if you don't want to sit down and read a dusty scripture, which are only dusty in form, <laughs> not dusty in reality, because those scriptures are roadmaps of the kingdom. Um, then some saint that really, really inspires you. you know. And if you don't have a saint that really, really inspires you, that's not because of the saint. That's because of you. 
<laughs> you didn't do your basic due diligence because there's plenty of them out there from plenty of traditions. You know, so uh, you know, study study the biographies of saints. Those those biographies are a, a heads up as to where you're going as an individual. The, the types of challenges, the types of circumstances, the types of events that you yourself are going to have to meet. See? So, you know, you, you know, if you don't know anything, say a deep, heartfelt prayer and then step forward. <laughs> Take a deep, heartfelt prayer and then step forward and just just uh, have faith that God will start to put uh, opportunities in front of you, whether it's scriptures or hearing about various saints or meeting a Dharma teacher. Just, just have a little faith that, that something, something wonderful will happen. Understand that every day is like a miracle. You know, it's a miracle that you opened your eyes and took a breath in the morning. <laughs> you, you, you open your eyes and say, my God, I'm still here. <laughs> so ha have that kind of faith, you know. And uh, in, in this kind of uh, job, this kind of life, you get what you have secretly hidden in your heart. You know, if you want a pure teacher, you have to have some purity in your heart. You know, if if you have a lot of greed hidden in your heart, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, you know, you'll say, "Oh, this teacher has ten thousand people in front of him." Well, he's probably the thief of ten thousand people. <laughs> if you had that greed, he's just a very big bandit so really you really have to check your heart and, and ask yourself what do I really 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 want See? and then you're going to end up finding or being attracted to what you really 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 want whether it's visible or invisible that's what you're going to get then if, if, you, if you do have some uh, this is all a preamble before we get started, but it's important. And and uh, Stephen will chant the Om for us, or, or or lead us in the Om. So you 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 really really check your heart to, to see like what's most 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 important. And it's a good idea to write it down so that you don't forget, you don't lose that deep thought. And then when you finally run into a teacher or run into a scripture that makes some sense to you, hold on to that, that deep impulse as your guide through the material or as your guide you know, with the teacher because you might have the good fortune of having the karma to, to be with a good teacher or have God's grace. You said a very deep prayer so God sent you to a good teacher. But just because you're with a good teacher doesn't mean you're not going to fall asleep. See, this is sort of a cautionary note. 
because I've seen thousands and thousands of people, you know, uh, come to my master, Sadhguru, Sant Keshavadas. So they had that fantastic karma to be in the room, but they promptly went to sleep. <laughs> you know, they, they promptly, promptly decided to, to follow their very uh, uh, worldly agenda, see? You know, the teacher is sitting up there with a sacred agenda, and they sort of lapsed back into profoundly worldly gender. So it meant they fell asleep. They, they, were, they were in the room, but they were napping. The teacher's giving something of God, and you're, you're, you're dreaming of something of earth. You know, you really have to pinch yourself and say, stay awake, why am I here, you know? And then stay on track for why you walked into the room. You know, and uh, if you don't, if you don't find it, run, get out. <laughs> because sometimes heaven will send you to a fake teacher just to see if you really, really, really want a real teacher, <laughs> or do you get really excited about the fake teacher? <laughs> it's testing the quality of your heart. It happens all the time. So, you know, this is this is like uh, traveling through a forest with ten thousand traps, and you have you just have to hold your compass and stay alert. <laughs> Otherwise, you're either going to get lost <laughs> or you're going to step into one of the bear traps <laughs> if you don't stay alert and hold your compass. You got to know why you're there, which direction you're going. See? I'm telling you these things because, you know, if a thousand people try to pass through that forest, maybe three or four get to the other side in this life, you know, because they get caught in their own traps, looking for the wrong things, desiring the wrong things, um, not paying attention. Not saying why am I really looking. We 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 sort of drift. <laughs> you know, a boat has a rudder for a reason. <laughs> you know, it has a sail. It'll take you all over the place, but they have a rudder for a reason. <laughs> you got to stay on that rudder and hold the compass. <laughs> you're going to travel no matter what, one way or the other. You're going to travel through life. The question is where you're going. <laughs> Are you are you alert? Are you watching the compass? Are you not stepping into your your own traps? See. So. You have to understand something about this kind of life. Being good is not good enough. You know, I'm a good person. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great if you want to stay here. <laughs> It's not enough if you want to go there. See? There is the exceptional ones. See? Is exceptionalism in you? Absolutely. Do you exercise it? Maybe not so much. <laughs> not so much. Are you good? Yeah. But from my perspective, so what? <laughs> 
you have to you have to accept you have to exercise what's exceptional in you see and and take that on as as part of your identity you have to say i don't know where but i know somehow there's a olympian inside of me you know olympian will face every challenge and just keep working <coughs> everything they'll overcome maybe not today maybe not tomorrow but definitely they're going to overcome they just have that will and, and in this life that's what you need you, you you need a a relentless will and a really good compass then no problem you know you know olympian started out as a common person common person who worked really really hard with focus <laughs> see that's how they became an olympian they worked really really hard with focus so you know don't be casual with your god search you know don't be casual with the saints you know don't be casual <laughs> you know it, it's it's the most important thing in your life your 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 deep spiritual search and if you have uh, the opportunity to to be with saints and and dharma teachers and gurus don't take it for granted <laughs> see you know don't don't think that it'll be here tomorrow you know heaven can assign the saint here today and on the other side of the planet tomorrow or here today and this body gone tomorrow <laughs> see <laughs> don't, don't don't assume tomorrow so so whatever notes you're given you know make sure you have a really really clear understanding you know write it down ferret out what questions you have and and uh, make it a point uh, to ask so that you don't miss don't assume tomorrow see so, so whatever the formulas or philosophies that the teacher gives think think about it deeply you know think about deep questions and then ask get on it jump on it you know when i was with my master sadhguru sanke shavas every day i felt it was a miracle you know and half the time i had a camera in my hand because i realized uh i realized uh it was like spiritual history that i, w I was witnessing you know it's like it's like when is this going to happen where i'm living with a master <laughs> You know, you know what's that? One, one. What's the odds of that? And two, you know, when's that going to happen again? <laughs> so, half the time I had a camera in my hand. The other half of the time, I was either my mouth shut, my eyes open, or I was asking a question. Because I realized this is like a rare opportunity. You know. So. Um, you know, with that type of interest and that type of awareness, not assuming tomorrow, tomorrow, but just jumping on today, a lot of good things can happen. You know, and, and 
when the teacher sees that type of immediacy of attention see, and uh, deep inquiry into the message and the methods, then they're going to give more help. You know, you help the one that's struggling the most. You know, the one that's sitting in the back of the room napping. We just let them nap. You know, God bless them, take a good nap, it's okay. But the ones who are really struggling to, to ferret out this kind of knowledge, the, the teacher will naturally give them more attention, whether it's visible attention or invisible attention. They're going to get more attention because of their level of their effort. See? So these, these are the kinds of things that, that as you get more and more opportunities, as you get more and more divinely thirsty, it's, it's important to remember you know, um, the the truth is most people fall asleep or lose focus, you know, or, or don't understand the opportunity. You know, they don't understand, you know, if you ask your friends, you pick, you know, 20 of your best friends and say, how many of you have met a, a saint or how many of you have met a real Dharma teacher? probably 99% of them can't say they have. You know, so you have to understand the opportunity. You know, uh, you know any genuine teacher, it's, it's not the teacher per se that's important. It's God's mercy that flows through them that's important. See? That, that being is, is simply uh, functioning as a, as a conduit. You know, some conduits are small, but good. Some conduits are oceanic, you know, you know, or cosmic. Like the masters, they're, they're, what they can bring to the world is, is cosmic. You know, Dharma teacher may be a good canal, <laughs> but necessary, useful. You know, it'll get you to the, the, that cosmic. You know? Just like if, if you have a decent job, you're aware of the jobs in your organization. And if you know your buddy is looking for a position, you can help to get them in. That's what the Dharma teachers do. You know, we've joined a very, very special club. And uh, we can help you get in. <laughs> you know? tell you what you need to do, how to present yourself, what kind of background you have to make sure you, you have when you're walking through the door. And then, and then you can enter that, uh, that uh, divine journey. You know, uh, it's, it's really a, uh, a pilgrimage back to your ultimate self, your solar self your divine self that's really what you're doing you're 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 choosing to go on a pilgrimage a pilgrimage to truth not relative truth 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 <laughs> you know one of the definitions of truth is that stable facility that doesn't change or that stable condition 
that doesn't change. If it changes, it's relative. <laughs> See? So you have multiple levels of relative truths. Each relative truth can help you get to the next higher relative truth, but still it's relative. <laughs> there, there, there is an absolute truth. And you, you, you transit all of the relative truths till you get to the absolute truth. So, the Dharma's teacher's job is, is, is to help you qualify yourself, to, to get, to qualify yourself so that you're in a position to apply for a much higher role. You know, you know how the saints talk about humans? They say merely human. <laughs> so if you think humans are the biggest thing or the top of the food chain, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. The, the problem with humans is the, the big ego that we, you know, we identify with our historical self, which is a limited self, and haven't investigated deeply enough to realize there's an eternal self. You know? So, a lot of a lot of human beings are like stale bread on the shelf. <laughs> Would you really want to purchase it? <laughs> you go to the store, and the and the and the and the, and the uh, you look at the tag on the label of the bread, and it says, you know, 1843 or 1960. Well, do you really want to purchase that? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So if you're looking at your, your shelf date, you're looking at sort of a, your historical record. But uh, you have to find something in you that's dateless, that's limitless, that's perennial. See? The, the perennial you. Which is which is beyond your your con beyond your body life, see, beyond your common history. It, it, it enters into the realm of of persistent revelation. See, so that's sort of the journey that that you're on. I guess this is like a a sub satsang. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when I come out here, I never really know what I'm going to talk about, but uh, maybe, maybe that's something some, some of you needed to hear, so that's why it's being said. Um, so now, my good friend and, and student, you know, brother in arms, Stephen's going to guide us in the, in the home. <laughs>
once again, thank you all for coming. That OM helps to put everybody on the same page. You know, get everybody going in the in the same direction. You know, we've all come from different towns, had different meals, have different agendas after class. But it brings us all together for for one common purpose. You know, uh, that, that question of uh, what is truth? What is real? Who am I genuinely? Not just who am I historically? You know, if you go out and get in a car accident and hit your head, for a week you might not who you know who you are. All your historical knowledge may be gone. <laughs> You know, until it slowly comes back. So who are you? <laughs> Just because you have historical knowledge of yourself doesn't mean that's who you are. It's 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 just it's just data. You know, data doesn't mean truth. Data means data. <laughs> it means information. It doesn't mean truth. So we have to we have to understand that. So we look at all the data of our personal life. And we think there's an inherent truth. Why do you think that? <laughs> have, you, have you truly investigated that data in a very deep way to see if it's truly relevant to, to your, your, your spiritual being, your, your essential self? Or was it you know, an, an infinite array of events that you sort of said, this infinite array of events is me? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think like that? <laughs> See, that sort of shakes people up <laughs> to realize that all that data that that you coalesced and you said this is who I am, and then some some fellow in a yellow shirt maybe says maybe not so much. <laughs> We call that rocking your boat. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because uh, we want you to focus on something deeper than, than the, the infinite events that flow, th flow through your life. If you look at the uh, infinite events that flow through your life, ask yourself the question, what was constant. You've got an infinite amount of events and you've reacted or responded to all of those events. But ask yourself, in that infinite array of events, what was common? What, what, what was stable through all those? What was the thread that, that was present through that infinite ray, array of events that you're calling yourself? See? You have any ideas? Hmm. Craig? Breath. Well, maybe. But if you had a heart attack and your breath stopped, <laughs> it's more data. <laughs> yeah. What's always present is your beingness. You know, regardless of the events, your very essential beingness is there. 
whether you're conscious or you're unconscious, that beingness is, is still present. There is a, a profound consciousness that is still present. Just like if you go to sleep one night and you have a deep, deep rest, you're gone. You wake up in the morning and say, I slept well, that was a great sleep. Well, who was there to know that you had a great sleep? <laughs> what, 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 what was present that allowed you to say, I had a great sleep? <laughs> ah, more gems. You can sit up here. That's where you're comfortable. Uh, these are community gems walking through the door. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, why do the teachers uh, tell you to meditate? And then, as Patanjali says, that uh, meditation is the process of cessation of the, of the vritti. Vritti means movement of mind, the cessation of the movement of mind, meaning in a conventional way, to stop thinking. Yeah. So, no matter what the data that you've experienced, consciously or unconsciously, you've added the thinking process to reference all the data that you've been living and experience, experiencing. But now one of the greatest sages of India and all the great masters ultimately at one point will say that you've got to stop the thinking process. And we've relied on the thinking process as our absolute verifier of whether something is or is not. So or is not so. And here the masters are saying, stop thinking. This is another revelation. <laughs> Another, another something to rock your boat because you've managed your entire existence based on thought. But the masters are saying that there is a, a beingness and a consciousness beyond the realm of thought. You're thinking, how is that possible? Well, the only way, only way to know if it's possible is to test the theory which means you have to learn that uh, that radical process of uh, meditation. You know, why is meditation radical? Don't you think stopping, stopping the process of thought for a prolonged period of time? I think that, that qualifies as radical. Because you're thinking, whether it's conscious or unconscious, you're thinking all the time. You know, you know whether you're consciously thinking, or the, the infinite volume of unconscious thoughts that are rattling around in you and affecting your behavior and affecting how you present yourself or perceive the world. You know, you're being affected by that by thoughts, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And now, the, now the, the, 
the great teachers are telling you that there's something beyond that, that there's a that there's a living reality more vital than the thought process. There's a an experience, a living revelation experience that is more vital than your thought process, which is what you've relied on your entire life. But something more true, more stable. Mm -hmm. See? Than your thoughts, which is what we've absolutely relied on. Can you understand why meditation and yoga is a radical journey? And why I earlier said that it takes Olympians to make that journey? See? You have to understand how much security you've put in your thought process. You know? You're saying, without my thoughts, who am I? Without my thoughts, what am I? See? It can be a, a radically novel notion to think you can exist in a realm beyond thoughts see? and still have some kind of viable life. See? That's why uh, the, the kingdom sends uh, so many masters and saints and uh, Dharma teachers, genuine Dharma teachers, to, to guide you into realms that are inconceivable to you. But it's, it's really to guide you into your destiny, guide you into your true self, uh, guide you into absolute holism, see? If you think about the nature of your thoughts, and I mean all of your thoughts, every one of your thoughts fractures the world. Every one of your thoughts separates this from that. Show me a, show me a thought that does not separate this from that. Every one of your thoughts has a counterpoint. Every one of them. <laughs> so, if the reality, God, is, is absolute wholeness, absolute truth, absolute st stability, how much is your thought process that fractionalizes everything that you experience, meaning break it into this and that, this and its counterpose. How much is that helping you? How's that working out for you? <laughs> can, you can you understand why the process of revelation is not happening actively in your life? Because heaven is, is asking you to practice holism, and we, as human beings, are actively practicing fractionalism. <laughs> Pretty tough, huh? <laughs> so, the, the Dharma teachers have an amazing library that is provided by heaven to move us step by step by step towards holism. You don't make that great leap right away. If I, if, I, if I told you stop thinking, that would be a real non-starter. <laughs> you know, that, that's a real tough nut to crack. <laughs> so in 
general, we try not to do that. There's some great uh, Maharishis that do that, and they they're endowed with the power to uh, to to crack your mind uh, that rapidly. It is definitely possible. But most teachers um, will lead you along a graduated path, a gentle path upward. See? So you'll go from expansion to expansion to expansion slowly so that you could deal with it. Like if you actually had a perfectly still moment where absolutely no thoughts were occurring and you were conscious, you'd probably freak out. <laughs> I mean, can you understand how novel a condition that is? You've never done it once in your existence. <laughs> that, that might be too much rocking your boat. So generally, we try to uh, try to uh, give you an insight onto your psychic components. You know, what are all the components that you're experiencing them, or that, that you're experiencing? And that you're experiencing the world through, uh, sort of your energetic psychic constitution, so that you can uh, realize that 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 your sense of I has coalesced around a number of, of uh, energetic and psychic forces, just like. Your, let's say your I self, your, your sense of I-ness, your sense of individuality is like a sun, and it's got all kinds of planets ro rotating around it. It's part of your, your physical and psychological solar system. So in general, the teachers will sort of take you around the planets, you know, and show you the different energies that are that are affecting you. What your sort of your cause, your your composite dream. That's generally what we show you first. What your composite dream is, and then if we use the word dream. We have to say, well, is this real, or is this a temporary, relative truth? So over time, you start to realize that your composite dream is a accumulation of of uh, assumptions and um, relative truths, not absolute truths, but relative truths. See? Because the more you can realize that something is functioning in your life, but is a relative truth, the more easy you can release it. You can still hold it, but you're not gripping it as if this is absolutely true. You know? Just like all the boys and girls say, he absolutely loves me, she absolutely loves me. Six months later, not so much. <laughs> but for a few minutes there, it was an absolute. <laughs> and later on, you find out, maybe not so much. <laughs> so, and then after you study all the, these composite energies that are flowing around you, then the teacher will say, well, you think that you're the sun. You think that you're the center of the universe. And... And all human beings, unfortunately, think that they're the center of the universe, which is in itself a problem. 
and then they slowly help you to examine your sense of I-ness, you know, to take a real critical deep dive. That you have to do with a, a teacher, because otherwise it'll rock your boat way too much. You know? You know, most people run away. They take a little dip, and they say, enough already. I got my job, I got my girl, I got my house, I'm good. But, you know, most people, that's it. They're not going any further than that. But the, the Olympian is the person who has um, an angst that won't let them go. You know, what is truth? What is God? What is real? They have that in their belly and it won't let them go. That, that notion won't leave them alone. That was my case. You know, from a kid I was thinking about those things and I, the idea just would not let me go. It's like a kid who wants to be a fireman from seven years old and he's still thinking it at 20 and 24 and 25 until he finally gets into the core. You know, the yoga thing is sort of like that. If you want to go high, you, 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 you acquire a certain contemplation, a certain brooding that you do, certain ideas that won't let you go. And, you know, so you'll, you'll seek, you'll read psychology books, and you'll read philosophy books, and you'll read art books, and you'll read metaphysical books. Then you'll read, you know, uh, humanitarians, and then you'll read some saints, and then you'll read some masters, all trying to find out, you know, what's real. And you go on that journey. And then eventually, through that journey, you'll start to meet people who, are, who have that same angst and are on that same road. You may be living very different lives, but you're all heading north. You all have that angst. So you travel, 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 and then you'll meet mystics, and then you'll meet saints, and then occasionally you'll have that grace of meeting masters. That's what happens to everybody in this journey. But you have to realize it's a very, very, very long journey. So don't think, oh, I'm going to get liberated in this life. No, that's, that's like the, the, the neophyte who has never done rock climbing says, you know, I'm going to climb Mount Everest next week. Is that realistic? You know, or are they going to die on the trail? You know, they know nothing about the gear. They know nothing about the method. They know nothing about the history of the terrain. They know nothing about weather conditions. You know, are, are they are they truly conditioned for that? Please get real. Be honest. You know, if Harry Charge says he's going to climb Mount Everest tomorrow. You know, you should just start writing my obituary. <laughs> Come on, get real. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not, not until the appropriate training is done, the appropriate conditioning, appropriate knowledge, the appropriate guides. It's not going to happen otherwise. You know? You've got to 
to find the best chirper in the world to get you up there alive and back. <laughs> so realize that this is a long journey and that if you're committed to it, <clears throat> the teacher's committed to helping you. See? But you have to be very, 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 very real. You know, can you say, I can make progress in this life? Sure you can. Can you say, I can make tremendous progress in this life? Sure you can. But leave the liberation stuff to God. <laughs> you know, leave, leave, leave that as an act of grace. See? Because nothing you can do can earn it. <laughs> you know? Liberation, at the end of the day, is an act of grace. <laughs> you know, self-realization. Leave that to God and his masters. <laughs> but can you hold a compass and work hard with purpose and, and head north? You can definitely do that. You can definitely, each day, make progress towards the kingdom. You know? But saying... I'm going to be liberated in this life. I would just suggest to you that, that that's beyond your pay grade. <laughs> you know, but you need a little reality check. Can that happen? Yeah, because grace can happen anytime, any place. Can it happen? Yeah, but leave that to those big, the big guys, yeah. upper management. <laughs> <laughs> you'll make more progress that way. So, I know I've talked a lot about something that I had no intention of talking about. And the topic today was supposed to be managing your world and don't impose upon others, which is a extremely important uh, uh, spiritual principle. You know, one of the ways to know how far you're going and how far you're moving along in in your in your spiritual life is is how busy are you in telling other people what to do <laughs> the the more active you are in telling people what to do the farther behind you are you're like the guy with you know 50 pounds of lead in your pockets and don't know it. Now that that can leave an incorrect impression. Does that mean that we don't help people? No. Of course we help people. But we help people in a very skillful way. Our job is not to tell anybody to do anything. I'm talking as a, like a regular human being. The skillful way is to create multiple positive opportunities for people. That's what we do. Create multiple positive opportunities for people and leave them the heck alone after that. You know, who are you who are busy climbing out of a ditch every 10 seconds telling some other person who's in a ditch what to do, you know? We have, to, we have to realize our, our own fallacy, our own weakness, our own lack of attunement. You know? Only once you're out of the ditch 
can you start putting down ladders and ropes for others to get out? But if you don't realize that you yourself is a nutcase, which is probably another definition for a human being, <laughs> what the heck are you telling everybody else what to do? <laughs> you have to you have to acquire some kind of accomplishment. You know, like I'm not a great swimmer. But if I wanted to be a great swimmer, I'd find a great swimmer, someone who's already accomplished that, and, and get up under them. I'm not going to get the guy to my left, the guy to my right, the guy in front of me, and say, let's go swim. You know, I think that could be perilous. You know, taking, their, taking their advice, they'll be saying, go out further, go out further. You know, not realizing, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't realize he doesn't have the strength to get back. I, I give that example because when I was a boy, I once uh, made a perilous error. I was a so-so swimmer, and I landed up at the beach, and um, I didn't have the proper swim gear. So I was wearing blue jeans, which is stupid enough to go into the water wearing blue jeans. So I saw a buoy out there. I said, you know what, I can make it to that buoy. So I swim out to that buoy with some effort, only to find out when I throw my arm under, over the buoy, the buoy goes right down. Because <laughs> I figured I could go out there and I can rest. <laughs> as soon as I threw my o arm over the buoy, it just went straight down to the bottom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> See, that was me taking my own advice. Utter stupidity. It was there was nobody bright in the room <laughs> when I when I made that choice to swim out to the buoy. So it was grace and a mini miracle that I made it back to the shore. Um, that's where the love of life and possibly the fear of death. <laughs> kicked in because uh, when I got out to the buoy I was spent <laughs> I mean it, I, it was like over <laughs> so the only way I got back is love of life fear of death and grace because every arm throwing felt like I was throwing a lead ball every motion of the legs can you imagine swing way the heck out there with blue jeans on, come on, <laughs> so not bright. <laughs> and my friends are over on the beach, and I'm too tired to yell, too afraid to sink, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I literally crawled out of the ocean on my hands and knees. It was really dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Only me and God saw it. But I literally crawled out of the ocean and collapsed on the beach. All of my friends frolicking over there. So, good advice is important. <laughs> Someone who, who understands the various dynamics, like, Hari, it's not that bright to try to swim out there with blue jeans on. You know, and can you, you can get out there but can you get back? Well, those things never entered my mind. Mm -hmm. See? So 
advice can is is a can be a perilous event. So, my point is, whatever direction you're taking, get an expert, <laughs> somebody who really has done it, someone who really knows what it takes to get there and get back. <laughs> See, in one piece, because that day it was. Love of life, fear of death, and grace that got me out of the ocean that day. It's, it's that simple. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> so, in these studies, you want competent people. People who have invested their life into this. See? You know, you don't want a day tripper. You know? A lot of opinion and no experience. See? So, this is our thing. B before we open our mouths to guide anybody else, we should ask ourselves, do I really, really, really know? Have I really, really looked at all the implications, all the circumstances, all the possibilities? You know, what are the X factors? If we haven't got that kind of <clears throat> very broad knowledge, basically we should keep our mouths shut. <laughs> You know, which means you'll do a whole lot less talking. And I, I've said many times, when you go to a spiritual uh, community or a, a ashram, you know, how do you know the most advanced people in the room? Generally, they're the ones with their eyes open and their mouths shut. You, they're generally the quietest people in the room. The other people have so much psychic noise that they're expressing. You know, they just... They're just emoting their own nonsense, their own rubbish. But the ones who are the eyes open, ears open, and they're really quiet, those are the ones who are paying attention and trying to learn something. See? The other ones are just have the habit of noise. Don't sit next to them. Don't get next to them. Because they're just going to take you on their trip. It's just like Hari saying, yeah, yeah, you're wearing blue jeans, I'm wearing, let's go out to the buoy, we can rest out there. <laughs> well, that's what that going to do for you. <laughs> you know, it'll give you a, a harrowing life experience if you get it out of the ocean alive. <laughs> See? So, the ones who are chattering, stay away from them. <laughs> They're not going to help you. You, know? you. you need people who, <clears throat> who are invested and have a tremendous amount of experience. They know multiple variables. They, they assess the variables and they know the core knowledge. In America, I, I see, I hate to tell you this, but most of the teachers are just baloney. They're just baloney. It's not that they're bad individuals. Some of them are bad, but most of them just don't know that they don't know. So they're inviting you out into the ocean and that they don't know that blue jeans are not appropriate to swim in. And the buoy that looks sound out there may not be so sound, see? But they're actively having 50, 100, 500 people, 1,000 people in front of them giving advice, see? Really, really perilous. Really, really perilous. Again, the scriptures are there. Really read them. 
try to ferret out what they're talking about. You know, the undisputed saints are there. Read their biographies. Try to understand what they're trying to guide you into. See? Advice is perilous. See? So stop giving it. <laughs> really. Until you really, 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 really know something. It's better to keep your mouth shut. You know, most people here have all been uh, influenced by the 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 Greek tradition that says every man is an island, every man is sovereign. So, if a teacher tells you to keep your mouth shut, you're thinking, "What a minute! I'm so great! I'm so powerful! I'm my own island! Who is he to tell me to keep my mouth shut?" <laughs> See? Because we unconsciously have that history, that Western Western uh, civilization history. You know, we have sort of a unconscious arrogance. We all want to be the island. We all want to stand at the top of our own mountain. We all are quote quote sovereign. It's a very perilous notion. It's a very perilous notion. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't strive. We should strive. But the arrogance to think we know is another issue. <laughs> See? So the greatest disciples you'll find are really, really quiet and really, really alert. <laughs> you know, they're really, really trying to learn something. They're not emoting all their baloney. <laughs> See? And then they're skillful. You know, they'll they'll quietly, strategically ask questions to get understanding and, under, and ask questions at the right time, in the right place, you know, in the right circumstance to, to really get a, a deep understanding and then they'll work out their, uh, their um, experiments. See? The teacher will be giving you experiment after experiment to to work on so that you can reveal the next level of insight the next level of truth that you're willing to bear like if the teachers started to teach very very high truth one you probably won't understand it and two you'd probably want nothing to do with it <laughs> you know the, the teacher is saying you know to acquire perfect varagya is the one of the greatest states that a human can acquire. Varagya means perfect dispassion. Well, you're thinking, wait a minute, perfect dispassion. I love my parents. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my career. Varagya, to be dispassionate toward all of that? See, you're not, you don't want to hear that. That's going to freak you out. See, you're not going to try to acquire that Olympian level of consciousness. But there's more to the understandings. That concept of varagya, perfect dispassion, it's a type, there's a, there's a paradox because you can acquire perfect varagya, but along with that, you can also have perfect compassion. See? It sounds like a paradox, but they coexist in the same reality. <laughs>
So it just means, it doesn't mean you can't have the career, you can't have the wife, you can't love your parents, you can't love your kids. You can love all those things. But it's the attitude in which you do it is radically different than the common human being. But if the teacher just puts up this high platitude, you know, in general, you don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> because your entire social condition, your, your whole philosophy from, from birth to this moment has said, love your parents, love your kids, love your, love, love your wife, girlfriend, your society, your country. But they've told you to love that. And the quality of love, you don't realize, is, is, is a very diminished love in comparison to what your heart is capable of. It's a, it's a love heavily bound by ego. And you can say ego slash selfishness is there. It's a, it's a profoundly limited love. See? It's, not, it's, it's barely even a shadow of the real thing. It's barely even a shadow of the real thing. So we have to realize that we're functioning with a, a, a greatly diminished capacity and that, that the, the summits of the words that we use, we don't really understand. You know, we, we don't really understand what it means to be fully human in its highest expression. We really don't understand that. We know what it means to be human in a very bound, egoic Men mentality. We know what that means because that's what we're all busy doing. But we don't know what it means to be fully human in the eyes of a saint. We don't know what it means to be fully human in the eyes of a master. We don't know what it is to be fully human in the eyes of God. We don't know that. <laughs> See? We know what it means to be human egoically bound see we have to appreciate our limitation <laughs> we have to we have to appreciate where we are see so if you say I am Joe Smith and then you have some some holy person some some genuine saint and say okay I'm Joe Smith when I look out into the world what do I see and then we have the saints when they look out into the world, what do they see? See? When Jesus, Buddha, Krishna looked into the world, what did they see? When Tom, Dick, and Harry looks into the world, what do they see? See? Can you see the difference in perspective and perception? See? Our visions are different. It's because they're more whole than we are. We're more fractioned. As long as we're looking at the world through the ego, we're looking at the world in a very fractionalized way, this opposed to that. See? They're looking at the world in the deepest, wholest way possible. We're looking at the world, you know, what is those things like a kaleidoscope? Is that what that's called? You look, you look through it, and it breaks everything up. We're looking at the world through a kaleidoscope. <laughs> you know, they're looking at the world in one vast, 
whole reality. So, in order to make progress, we, we have to understand what our strengths are. We have to understand what our weaknesses are. And we have to understand, by and large, to keep our mouth shut. Because <laughs> we're not helping anybody if we're just, you know, telling other people our fractionalized view of the world without any deep insight, without any deep experience. You know, be quiet. Be simple. You know, watch carefully. You know, if, if, if you do that, you'll learn an immense amount. You know, that's why they say you have two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. Because <laughs> you should speak much less than you experience through the eyes. You know? <laughs> you know? Just hold your peace. Learn to, to see how things work out. Everything functions in cycles. Be quiet enough and observant enough to see the cycles work their way out. It's like a lot of times if you're an experienced person, that's that this is the beauty of age. If you're a little bit intelligent, you don't make the same mistake over and over. It's because you've seen that circumstance come and go. You you've seen the cycle. So you realize I'm not getting on that boat again. You know, I'm, I'm you know, that's why they say this is not my first rodeo. You you've you've had the time to to see how cycles work themselves out so you know what's worth investing in, what's not worth investing in, you know. You know, I, I had a buddy, you know, who had this girlfriend, and the next month this girlfriend, next month this girlfriend. And it's like, come on, for God's sake, don't you see the mistake you're making over and over and over again? You know, he, he had uh, very erroneous desires which were not... Uh, achievable by anybody so this girl then next month oh next girl the next month next girl <laughs> it's the same mistake over and over and over again you know it's, so you have to learn to be quiet and attentive so that you can see how cycles work themselves out you know so that you don't get as freaked out over events you realize this is a cycle this is it might be the downside of it but it'll just, it'll circulate around. So, holding that pause, meaning observe life far more than you try to intervene or you try to speak, learn to put a pause on it. Just, I'm not saying put a period, I'm saying put a comma so that you can pause and watch. And, and then, as you see the cycles, then you can help other people. You can, you can create opportunities, positive opportunities. But please don't try to guide anybody. You have to understand, you're barely guiding yourself. You know, you're a stone tumbling through the universe. <laughs> you know, you have no moorings. You know, why are, why are the saints and masters pillars? because they're moored to the kingdom. You can't yet say that. You're still tumbling through existence. 
very little moorings, which means very little stability. So why are you trying to guide other people? Why are you trying to give advice? Keep your mouth shut, for God's sakes. Be quiet. Observe. You know, try to absorb the habits of those who are more stable than us. You see? And then God will give us the uh, impetus and the tools to help other people, to guide other people. We should always try to live a compassionate life. We should always try to help. But our help should be skillful. We shouldn't try to tell anybody to do anything. See? What we do is try to create positive opportunities. Like if I, if I put a smorgasbord of food outside, the people who are hungry will eat. The people who are not hungry will pass by. Fine. See? I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm just making it available. See? As opposed to saying, hey, you eat this, it'll be good for you. Hey, you eat this, it'll be good for you. Who the heck am I? See? I can just say, what do I think is really helpful? What do I think is really positive? And how can I create opportunities? You know, and then let heaven send the proper people for that. As opposed to me trying to micromanage anybody else's life. See? As human beings, it's not our job. You know? We can create opportunities for education. We can create opportunities for housing. We can create opportunities for being compassionately present. You know, we can do all that stuff, no problems. But to try to be the physician of another human being while we still are mad is perilous. But because every man wants to be an island, we want to be above everybody else. <coughs> and tell everybody else what to do. See? Foolish. Perilous. It, it's non-yogic. <coughs> it's, it's, it's two inmates in the hospital, one diagnosing the other. <laughs> How far is that going to get you? <laughs> you know? Come on. There's physicians for a reason. So, we, we, we have to learn to be a little bit humble. You know, if you, this is a personal thing, but the, the people who I have had the most instant, fast friendship with or the, or the people who just honestly said, I don't know. You know, to me, like, that's like the most incredible intelligent statement you can make. I don't know. You know, you can say, I don't know, but... Let's see if we can find out. But you start with, I don't know. But if you instantly tell me you know something, I'm thinking, okay, well, how do you really know that? And do you really, really, really know that? <laughs> you know? Most people, we're, this whole planet, you have to understand, is a hospital. It's a big hospital. People are acting out in 10 billion different ways. You know, the saints and the masters are the physicians. You know, the Jesus and the Buddhas and all the great prophets and saints, <coughs> they're, they're heaven sent as, as physicians, you know, to, 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 to break our delusional, fractionalized dreams, see? So, 
to take advice from regular people is perilous because they themselves are not well, they're not whole. See? You know, look, don't look to the doctors or the philosophers or the scientists. Look to, this is my personal opinion, look to the saints and the masters for real truth, for more stable truth. You know, for every, for every scientific uh, innovation and, and understanding, 10 years hence, it's, it's changed. And then 10 years hence from that, it's changed. You know, is, isn't science ever evolving in our understanding? Of course it is. Of course it is. So what you understand today, what you're calling a fact in science, is that really a fact 10 years from now or 100 years from now? You know? To a caveman, something flying was a miracle. Is it a miracle today? No. Just a higher level of application of science. See? So science itself still is in the relative realm. It's still not absolute. There is a sacred science that leads to the absolute. The common scientist is struggling to find the absolute using materialistic methodologies. See? But the, the reality is beyond the materialistic methodologies. So the scientists can only go so far. That's why the saints were using the means of, of pure, saints and masters were using the means of pure consciousness to make the, the deepest inquiry. The scientists, they're heading in the right direction. But eventually they have to, <coughs> pardon me. Eventually they have to run into pure consciousness, see? And then learn from the saints as to how to make that appropriate inquiry. See? So so we just have to learn to, to be humble and, and to look deeply. We have one friend coming in. Oh, you're welcome, Matthew. Welcome. It's very good to see you. So, I, I guess I've given a very long, long-winded, long-winded uh, discussion to say: be still, hold your tongue, observe deeply. You know, understand that our vision is fractionalized. And the saints and masters' vision comes out of holism, and our thinking process comes out of fractional vision. See, so once somebody starts to break these things down and lay them out to you, if you are of general goodwill and intelligence, you'll tend to hold your tongue more and observe more deeply, and then and then if you have query to say. What are the greatest sources of that inquiry? You know, who are the people who have run the most significant experiments? And then, who are the who are the souls who have done the most significant experiments and had successful results? Successful results means deeper insight and greater holism. 
See? So, you know, when Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, great masters look into the world, they see a stable purity, a stable love. They, they see through the eyes of revelation. They see a, a cosmic reality. See? That's where we're trying to evolve to. That's why the, the physical process of evolution <coughs> is part of the process of, of consciousness rising up, consciousness seeking wholeness. That's, that's why you search for anything. Why do you think any boy is searching for a girl and any girl is searching for a boy and some boys are searching for boys and some girls are searching for girls? Why do you think that's happening? At, at a physical level, they're all, one way or the other, seeking some form of wholeness. See? So wholeness is, can come from a very material, organic place and move to sublime consciousness. Like if you say wholeness that Jesus or Buddha or Krishna saw, that's, you're talking about wholeness in, in the level of sublime consciousness. If you say wholeness in the chase of a boy chasing a girl, girl chasing a boy, and whatever other ramifications, that's, that's seeking wholeness, but in a very materialistic way. See? It's still good. It's fine. It's still... It's still uh, a genuine search, a native natural search, no problem. But realize it's just that one level of of moving towards whole, wholeness. See, one level moving towards wholeness. It's not true wholeness. You know, it's it's not the wholeness the masters see. See, so the the teachers. The genuine teachers have put their life into the experiment of methods of wholeness, uh, the methods of clarity. You can say another way of saying methods of clarity, you can say methods of, of purification. If something is, is lacks purity, it obscures your view. See? Is it you can't see properly. So there's many, 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 many methods of purification, physical methods of purification, energetic methods of purification, psychological methods of purification, emotional methods of purification, intellectual methods of purification, spiritual methods of purification. See? There's a whole body of methods of purification. That, that body of methods gives you purity that purity gives you correct direct insight see it gives you clarity see that's why there's so many so many methods of purification and this person this person this person the teacher is giving this one advice and saying this is the greatest advice and then saying this is the greatest advice to somebody else and giving them completely different information because this person is uniquely standing here in their evolution. This one is uniquely standing there in their evolution. This one has their challenges. This one has their challenges. So the real teachers have the facility to know where you stand and what is the next appropriate medicine for your purification or for your deeper clarity, your deeper insight. 
see so there's a voluminous methodology and you just have to take each person for where they are of course there's some general tablets like you can take aspirin for a headache and you can say generally it's good for everybody <laughs> so there, there are practices that are generally good for everybody but there's also there's genuine there's a general teaching and then there's specific teaching see and the teacher will do both you'll give what's generally good tell you what's generally good and then quietly privately take you aside and say do this mantra or do this charity or do this pranayam or do this exercise or practice this affirmation you know or do this type of meditation see specifically for that individual because they're not standing where that person is standing <laughs> they're different they've got different psychological emotional physical you know, her uh, um, uh, heredity conditions that you have to be appropriate to the individual that's why you want experts <laughs> you know so you know when you're giving advice to other people are you thinking about those multiple conditions or are you just thinking about what you're thinking about? <laughs> you know? Are you thinking about their genetic condition, their emotional condition, their physical condition, their pranic condition, their karmic condition, their psychological condition? When you're giving advice, are, are, are you thinking about those things? See? Hence, be quiet. <laughs> Hold your tongue be really 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 involved I can guarantee you the the true spiritual teachers in a moment are thinking about all of those things in a moment not like you in a flash that information is given in a flash See? so we're to spend our life doing good we're to spend our life being compassionate but we're to spend our life from the yogic perspective of doing it skillfully, which really means not telling anybody anything, but persistently making very, creating very positive opportunities. See? And then let people do what they want. Either they take the opportunity or they don't. You're not responsible for their evolution. You're not responsible to tell them how to see the world. See? It rarely does a teacher tell you anything unless you ask. <laughs> you know? You ask. You know? And in this situation, oh, Kari, can I come to the satsang? Yeah, sure, come. Well, you've asked me, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. Because you asked me. But I don't go out and, you know, and tell you anything. Many of you I've known for many years. Do you ever see me coming up to you the only, only time I will come up and say something to you is if I see something really bad is going to happen and I want to give you a heads up, be careful, this is the way around it. But short of that, I'll let you live your life. You know, I'll appreciate who you are. You know? Or you ask me, I'll tell you what I think. You know, I, I like him best over here. Really good guy. I mean, he's really a good guy. He's got a good heart. He's, 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 trying to, he's trying to do the right thing. You know, I've known him a long time, but have I ever walked up to you and said, and Bess said, you know, no. 
I'm not going to do that. If investor asks me a question to the best of my ability, I'll answer it. And the only time I'll approach him or anybody else, if I see something really not good is going to happen, I'll quietly walk up and say, you know, I'll give my advice very directly and say, please listen to me on this one. You know, trust me on this one. But short of that, I respect your life. I, I respect your op. Your, I just, you, I respect your decision, your, your ability to make whatever gradation of decision you're going to make. You know, and short of you really hurting yourself, I probably keep my mouth shut. Mm. So we rely on you to ask us, because we don't want to impose upon anybody. We really don't want to impose upon anybody. Mm. We just want to make things available. And then, oh, Hari, is this worth reading? I'll give you my opinion. <laughs> you know? But you had to ask. You had to ask. Otherwise, I'll just... If you're not asking, you're obviously not ready. <laughs> you know? But if you're asking, it means, okay, there's some level of interest, some level of motivation. Let's see what we got to work with. See? But other than that, see, heaven leaves the world alone. Heaven gives you air, clean air, clean water, you know, beautiful forests. Heaven gives us everything. You know? It makes it available to us. Whether you evolve or devolve is up to you. Whether you become a compassionate person or a savage person is up to you. But heaven provided all the means for you to become a, a truly compassionate being, a truly aware being. Gave you your next breath each moment. You know? But it gave you consciousness. Now, how do you manage your consciousness? See? Do you devolve it into profound egotism? Or do you evolve it into self, pure self-awareness? It's up to you. Heaven gave you free will. See? So the, the teachers come respecting your, your free will. See? You can do what you want. But they're skillful, and then there's less skillful. And if you ask, the teacher will simply provide you the means of more skillful application in your journey. That's our job, you know, but not to dominate you, and not to control you. That is totally not our job. We don't want to dominate you at all. We don't want to control you at all. That's not our job, not, completely not our job. But to create opportunity, that's our job. <laughs> create opportunity to be present so that if there is a question to be responded to in an appropriate way that's part of our job see so I think these are the types of things I had to t I wanted to talk about today or some the things that uh, you know these these talks are not prepared you know we, we try to uh, work with the people in the room, whatever your deeper desires are, and, uh, and and to give you the opportunity to have something deep to think about, you know, to, to, to sort of understand the culture of yoga. In America, in the West, when people say yoga, they think about hatha yoga. Hatha yoga is the spiritual application, uh, spiritual application of using the body 
to move the body towards wholeness and balance. That's what Hatha Yoga is. It's try to bring you on a bodily level towards wholeness, balance. What the, the, the word yoga uh, means to bind the finite to the infinite. See? To bind the finite to the infinite. Or you can say man to its maker. You know, all these, it's the same thing being said. But we're now existing as a finite consciousness. You know, we, we, we see ourselves as a particle in the universe. We don't see ourselves as a universe. <laughs> we see ourselves as a particle or an element in the universe. Yoga is to, is to help you to make the transit between seeing yourself as the particle to the complete existence. See? The, we see ourselves as a particle. And then there's the infinite wholeness. And the transit of yoga is to move from the particle to the infinite wholeness. See? So, did someone take a slip? Spinning off of that chair. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we, we come together in this satsang, you know, to, to try to uh, ask, it's the one opportunity you have to try to ask the deepest, meaningful, philosophical questions, and then to take those philosophical questions and saying, what are the, what are the working sciences to realize the truth of our deepest philosophical questions. Like, is there God? You know? You know? Should it remain infinitely speculative? Or should you know? The, the yoga science wants you to know. They want you to know, they, they, they don't want you to, to dwell infinitely in speculation. They want you to, to move towards direct, personal, intimate knowledge. See? Direct, personal, intimate knowledge of whether something is so or not so. We, we, we are not in the business of speculation. The yogi is really like a, a deep, deep, deep scientist. But their principal tool is consciousness. See? So that you go... You, clean up your instrumentation and then you learn how to use your internal tools for the deepest inquiry so that you know directly are there angels are there different heavens you know is there a god are there saints are there masters we want you to know directly intimately personally whether those are so or not so see it should start out as a theorem. You know, is it? And then you test the theorem. See? That's the very better way. You, you don't have to believe in God, not believe in God. You don't even have to have faith. You just have to have relentless uh, method in inquiry. A, a relentless, clear method in inquiry. And then you see for yourself.
and then you find the experts who have done it. See, whether it's Christian mystics or Buddhist mystics or Hindu mystics, Islam mystics, who cares? <laughs> They're all... If I'm in silence and you're in silence, aren't we sharing the same reality? We're not sharing the same reality in our thought process, but we are sharing the same silence. <laughs> See? I'm taking a breath of air. You're sharing the same breath of air. See? So we, we, we have to find things that are tr true no matter what. You know? My silence is your silence. It's true no matter what, what journey you've taken in life. It's true. Me taking a breath and you taking a breath, it's true no matter what your journey in life. See? So we, we want things that are not, are not speculative. We want things that are stable, true. <laughs> you know, that are absolutely common amongst us. See? I can't say my heart and your heart are the same. They may be at different levels of purity, different levels of, of application in the world. See? We have savage hearts out there that are greedy. And then you have the pure hearts of, of the great saints. You know, are your hearts like the heart of Mother Teresa, using a contemporary saint? Or do we have a little bit of growing to do? See? If you, if you look at the, the, the heart of Mother Teresa, profound self-sacrifice. See? Profound self-sacrifice. <clears throat> From the yogic perspective, we say love equals sacrifice. Sacrifice equals love. See? That's one of the theorems that we use. See? Now, I'm not saying masochism. I'm not saying hurting yourself. I'm not saying that at all. That's, that's a degraded notion. You know, Mother Teresa is not practicing ma ma masochism. See? The Dalai Lama is not practicing masochism. But they are, are practicing a profound form of love. They are, if you look at the heart of the Dalai Lama, the heart of a Mother Teresa, that's an evolved heart. <laughs> See? The level of sacrifice and loving and sharing and giving and wholeness is profound. It's profound. So we have to hold them up as a more evolved heart. You know, this is an important saying so that you don't get down on yourself. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. You see? So that means just because we're common today doesn't mean we're not common tomorrow. I mean, even a diamond started out in the mud. Okay? Even a diamond started out in the mud. See? It wasn't always a diamond. It was heat and compression that made that into a diamond. See? So we have all the elements of a Dalai Lama or a Mother Teresa, or like my master, Sadhguru, Sanke Chavez, we all have all the elements. We just have to have the proper conditions to make it manifest. Those proper conditions exist within your yogic sadhana, your yogic practices, to, to purify the heart so it becomes the heart of a Mother Teresa or a Dalai Lama or Sanke Chavadas. See? So, all the elements are there. It's the science that, that brings it to fruition. Okay? 
Any questions, ideas, speculations? That was a really roundabout way to get to that topic. My God, what happened there? <laughs> I tell you, I come up here clueless. I'm amazed myself. <laughs> I have to listen just to the recording just to see what 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 happened. <laughs> Thoughts? They're all hanging out of the buoy. <laughs> hanging out to the buoy. Yeah, that's a true story. You know, you know, it's, it's one of those stories where I guess I wasn't meant to die that day. That's a paradox that can't be really said, um, because one would think compassion and complete dispassion or self-exclusive. Um, the reality of that exists up there, and we're here. Um, but suggest a good surgeon. Hmm. Interesting. That's a very good example. Out of compassion, I want to help you. This fashion, I can do the operation. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. A good surgeon. He has the technical knowledge and the dispassion to do the job, and the compassion to be present to do the job. <laughs> that's a perfect example. So it's skillful. You know, just, just delve into your yoga. Wherever you are, just just delve into it. There, there are so many ways in. There's so many doors in. Just pick the appropriate door for, for where you are. And then go, go, go. You know, don't wait for tomorrow. Go, go, go. You don't know if you have tomorrow. You know? So... Get next to the saints. Get next to the Dharma teachers. You know. You know. Do some intelligent pruning of the infinite people that are around you. You know. Intelligent pruning. So that you're on mark. You know. It, there's a reason why athletes hang out with athletes. There's a reason. Because it, it ups their game. You know. And musicians hang out with musicians. Why? You know, it sharpens their game. You know, so really, the very deep, have a very deep inquiry into what you want this life to be around. You know, what, 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 you, what is the most important thing that you feel in life is? What is that thing? And then pair your whom's around you, because people are all heading in their own novel directions. Are they heading where you want to head? Or do they, they do they want like if you were to say who is my best person within me, who is my best person, and then look at your the twentieth people close to you, 
are, are they moving towards what you perceive as your best person? Are they going to uh, throw a light on it or help support it? If they're not, it's like it's time to say God bless you, goodbye. Or God bless you, see you later. You don't have to say goodbye. I'll see you later. You know? <laughs> because they're... At the end of the day, you're going to die by yourself. Whether there's a crowd around you or you're just dying in your room. When you die, it's... it's what did you do? Who did you become? What was what was your 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 best realization that you lived out? You know, I mean, when you're in the death process, things are shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. You know, you know, you you come to the to the sort of the core of what you've been all about in that in that lifetime, whether it's your stupidity or your selfishness or your kindness. Your compassion, see? It all closes down onto what you've been all about. And you it can't be hidden. You know, if if you've lived a fearful life, you're gonna have a fearful death. If you've lived a profoundly loving life, you're gonna have a profoundly loving death, whether people around you or not can see it. That's what's gonna happen. So you should really figure out what are you all about? What is the deepest meaningful thing? that you're about and then get around people who are at least moving in that direction you know anybody else is a distraction they can be a pleasant distraction they can be a nuisance distraction they can be a distraction distraction but they're all still a distraction <laughs> you know you just, you just have to understand you, you got a hundred years you know what are you what are you all about and are you going to be infinitely distracted? Like when I was a kid, I had, there was all kinds of guys, you know, guys running crews and we have a lot of fun together, your college buddies, your high school buddies. You know, we all have our crews that we run with. Now there were some crews I knew, they were unbelievably amount of fun, but I knew we we're going to get into trouble. You know, we're going to get arrested or we're going to do something stupid. It would be like really fun stupid, but it's stupid. <laughs> You know, it's like it's things guys do, and we all do stupid stuff. So, you know, there came a point where I just said, you know, I think those guys are a heck of a lot of fun to be with, but I can't roll with them. I can't run with them because I know at the end of the night we're going to get into trouble. Something's going to happen. One of us is going to, you know, suggest something wildly fun and, and, and possibly stupid, and we're all going to get, you know, so you just have to make those discriminations. You know, it's not like you didn't like them, and not like they didn't have a whole lot of fun. But I knew, you know, the odds of having unfortunate consequences due to our activities was high. High. So I just said, "God bless you guys. Catch you later." You got to be real. You know, you know. Some disasters are fun. You know. <laughs> But you have to understand, if you really get that it's a disaster, run. You know, just just run. Get out the door, get out the window, you know, find a way out. So, but make your life purposeful. Keep your mouth shut more than you talk. Get around people who actually have done the things that you want to do, you know. 
you know, prune down your your fan club to to what's really really meaningful. You know, five really good friends beats ten thousand. You know, tongue friends. They're just friend and tongue, but not in action. You know. <clears throat> They'll be the first to abandon you if, you if something goes south. You know they won't know your name or your phone number. <laughs> so you realize you got a you got a hundred years of roughly to make a significant inquiry. You know, you know, learn by other people's failures. You don't have to make every failure. You know, just just take a very hard look at your own family. And see who's accomplished what they wanted, and who has been a, an unbelievable disaster, and who has been a cyclic disaster. We all have family members that nowhere ne reach their potential because they're just involved in repetitive stupidity. I mean, you can't be in a family and not have that, you know. So, and and it's, you say, do I want to be there? Is that where I want to be? You know. It's you just exercise your your discrimination to know where you want to be. You know, I've known mystics and saints and some masters pretty much most of my life since boyhood. Why is that? It's not because I'm special or unique, but it's it's because I knew who I wanted to be in the room with. Who do I want to be in the room with? See, and then to tr make yourself fit to be in the room, to get invited into the room, see? As I look at many people I know, who are they in the room with? You know, they're 10 years fighting with their relatives or 10 years with the wrong girlfriend. You know, come on, man, who do you want to be in the room with? Be very, very discriminating so that you can make the most out of this birth. That's all you should try for. Forget liberation. Forget that. Make the most out of this life possible. You know, let God's grace take care of itself in terms of liberation. But being the very best you, that's up to you. That's your decisions. You know? So it's not kumbaya, let's all be friends. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know? If you said, let's be kumbaya and all be friends, will you ever become a surgeon? Will you ever become a physician? No. You, you won't. You won't accomplish that. You, know, you, you pare it down, pare it down to people who are working on those same heart functions. So if you want to expand your heart, start studying Dalai Lama, start studying Mother Teresa, start studying the saints. If you really think heart issues are really important, start studying people who have made it their life's work to, to, to fulfill that inquiry, not just in words like a philosopher, but a living practical yogi who's doing it, who's living it out. You know, get next to them. And you can. If I can get next to saints and mystics, you definitely can. Your, your, matter of fact, your opinion should be if Hari can do it, I can do it. You shouldn't think, oh, Hari is some, somehow special. Come on, give us a break. Hari is a guy who focused and worked hard. That's it. That's it. You know, not special. Focused. I knew what I wanted. Worked hard. That's it. 
So you're as capable as I am. You know, you have to be willing to make various sacrifices, like you pare down your crew. You know, who's going the way you're going? And the rest, you respectfully say, God bless you guys, catch you later. You know, respectfully. You know, that's it. You know, because they're, they're, not, they're not willing to take the journey that you want to take. Most people are not even on a journey. Most people are just tumbling through the universe. They're, they're living what I call a whatever life. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens. There's no determination. There's no focus. There's no direction. Me, I'll tell you 10,000 times, head north, head north, head north. See? So, this is the kind of things that we have to, to think about, work on. And the satsang is, is just a, a tool and a means to make you think, to make you wake up, to make you choose to be purposeful as opposed to living the whatever life, tumbling through the universe, you know? You know I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I've been. I don't know what's going to happen. Get over it, man. Focus your mind. Pick something important. Get, af get after it, see? That's all the yogis have done, you know? All the mysticism that you'll read in scriptures is available to you if you're willing to focus and pay the price. And if it hasn't happened, it's because you haven't focused and you're not willing to pay the price. It, it's on you. It's nobody else. It's all on you. Focus, know what you want. Pay the price of admission. You know, do, means do the work. Okay? So if I say, oh, you know, you should be practicing meditation, you know, an hour a day. Let's say I'm taking a individual. I'm not saying that as a general concept. And you're doing 15 minutes. And an expert has told you, you know, you really need to do an hour a day. And you're doing your 15 minutes. Well, you think that's going to really work out for you? <laughs> you know, when the expert has said, this is what you actually really need to break that nut and get to the next step. And you're doing your little piddly 15 minutes and, and being proud of that. Come on, get real. You know, if the admission is $5 and you put up a quarter, how far is that going to get you? You know, really think about it. You, you, you've got to pay the price of admission. You know, I'm not climbing Mount Everest next week. See, I haven't paid the price of admission, so I'm not going. For me to deludedly tell you my wondrous story of how I'm going to make this journey, it's delusion, complete delusion unless I pay the price of admission. See, the proper study, proper effort, proper focus, see, proper guidance, application, see. You get what you want. You get what you want. It's just, the truth is, most people don't want God. I don't care how filled the churches are, or mosques are, synagogues are, I don't care how temples are, I don't care how filled they are. They're not there because they want God. They're there because they want protection, they want comfort. They want some kind of certainty. You know? They're not there for the revelation of God. They're there for lesser reasons. They want community. They want friends. A lot of girls and boys go to temples looking for good husbands and wives. Come on, get real about it. Get real. See? It's not because they want God. You know? 
the, the soul that wants God is a tiny, tiny, tiny minority. I mean, you can say God or you can say reality. We're saying the same thing. It's just nomenclature. The one who wants reality slash God is a tiny, 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 tiny minority. Most people are in the temples and churches for other reasons. <laughs> other reasons. Okay, any questions? Ideas? Hope it hasn't been too too uh, difficult. <laughs> but this is the this is like a wake up talk, you know. It, it's a sort of a get real talk, you know. So that so that you only when you can understand what you must do in terms of your character, your beingness, and and the focus, you know. Like if if you say I want to reach that star, sitting here on Earth and pointing at that star, if you're one degree off, by the time you get to that location, you're a million miles off. You've got to be dead on, dead on. You have to know exactly what you want, and you have to constantly focus, constantly focus, constantly focus, so that your trajectory reaches that conclusion. See, this is. People don't understand. They have a very kumbaya understanding of yoga. This is a profoundly precision science. No matter how much accoutrements are around the edges, inside of every yogic method is a profound science. See? And the, the Dharma teachers are experts at those sciences. You know, their their job is to get you on mark. And to tell you what it takes. Like, I'm not going to say, hey, crew, let's go climb Mount Everest. Would I be responsible? No matter how much, like, this is what the common teachers do. They'll, they'll whip you up into some kind of frenzy about what a wonderful journey it is and how accomplished you are when the whole room is woefully unprepared for the journey. But we'll make you very excited about it. Come on, man, is that honest? See? You, you want an honest teacher, you know, Saying this is tough, but you can make it. This is tough, but you can train. And this is tough, but you can do it. And I'll tell you how to do it. Not emotionally make you excited and then empty your pockets and give it to me. And then we'll all go on our kumbaya journey in yoga. Come on. But that's what's happening. You know. Nine out of ten teachers are, are nonsense. I'd say a hundred, you know, out of a hundred and one are full of baloney. They haven't accomplished what they're trying to teach you. It's like going to a mathematician. The guy's fully unqualified, but he's, he's a professor. But he can give you enough baloney and scribble enough numbers to, to convince you that he knows something. Come on, man. Ask him for his degree. <laughs> Look for his credentials. You know, you know check, his, check his, his background. So, this, this is, but this is, I'm, I'm telling you, it's because I, I want you to be successful, you know, and I've had some modest level of success, and my attitude is, why not you, you know, but I can tell you how I've done it, how I've landed up and with, with these levels of profound association and profound mysticism. How did it happen, see, because I know it can happen to you if you pay the price of admission.
See? And just be real about yourself. Am I willing to pay it or am I not? If you're not, it's okay. You know? It's it's okay. You are where you are. Be a good person. Live your life. But if you do want those higher uh, mystical revelations, if you do want those higher uh, mystic associations, you know, say, okay, I'm going to enter the process of fulfilling, paying the price of admission. You know, don't lie to yourself. You know, just don't lie to yourself. Just be real about where you are and what you're willing to do. You'll, you'll live a much more successful life that way. Don't tell me high philosophy when you, when you can't even get the most rudimentary stuff accomplished. See? I have people talk to me very fancy, 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 and I'm just thinking, you're an idiot. Because the most rudimentary things, the foundation work, is not done. So why are you talking to me about this high stuff when the very foundation hasn't been laid? You're an idiot. You might be a nice idiot, but you're still an idiot. You know, work you. Know, why do they build a foundation first in a building? Because it has to hold all the rest of the structure in a sound, stable way. See? So the foundation work is super important. It's not, it's not this is better than that. This is as important as that. You know? You got to get it done. See? So, any final thoughts? Matthew, anything? I love it when Matthew walks through the door. <laughs> he, he's a guy who's uh, walked across the length and breadth of India uh, with the Saint Sriam, taking that great uh, tapasya, yagna, you know, walked across an entire nation, going to the temples and holy places and giving the teacher giving talks. And he walked on that journey. Can you imagine walking from one end of India all the way to the other, most of us take the train <laughs> and or the plane. You know, he actually walked. <laughs> Fantastic. We think about that usually in ancient times when the saints are walking the length and breadth of India, and this this Saint Sriam has walked it uh, in our time. It's not ancient history, and this is one of the fellows who's who's done that journey. If he can do it. What about us? <laughs> what about us? <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's got lungs and two feet like us. You know? So that's that's the thing. You should always think, I can do, can do, can do. You, know, you might not know how, but you will. Just just take your step forward. Take your step forward. You know? Your journey to God is a collaboration. You and God work together. And then God sends his, his helpers to give you correct instruction. Go down this road. You know, take these provisions like that. Here's a note of introduction. You know? That's how it works. That is really how it works. Okay, any other closing thoughts by anyone? A big challenge. A big challenge. Anyway, I, I really thank you for your, your patience. And um, if you have questions, just ask. And um, the, the ladies, I think Fong and uh, Nima have made tea and some something else for you. So please enjoy it. What we'll do is we'll, we'll close with that ohm again. And we'll have, uh, have uh, Stephen, but now with a more strong projecting voice. <laughs> you know, he was being humble. <laughs>
one and all for coming. And remember you get based on the purity of your heart. That's what you get.